Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. So it's time for our next installment, and uh, if I'm looking at my calendar correctly, this will be the recording we end the year with. So we'll be looking at 2022 for our next set of recordings. But for our recordings today, we're going to be go ahead and focus with what we've got here. But of course, the business end of this is making sure that everyone knows that this is not a substitute for a therapeutic relationship. And I do strongly recommend that you seek out a therapist in your area to work on your unique issues. This is for purposes of entertainment and education. So today we're going to be talking with another fellow I met during the brain spotting uh, training back in December of 2019, before the world all locks down on us, uh, who's going to talk about a very interesting field that also relates to the aspects of trauma and uh, our recovery from it, which part of why we all studied brain spotting as well. So today we're going to be talking with Alexis Overstreet, who is a master social worker, licensed clinical social worker, and licensed clinical addiction specialist, and the proprietor of Metaspace Counseling. And uh, let them tell you where they are located, because I just don't remember that's not in our information here. But otherwise, uh, Alexis is also a trained practice as a certified brain spotter practitioner and consultant, also trained in internal family systems or IFS, and is trained in trauma and tension release exercises. Her focus of her practice is on healing trauma from the bottom up or the brain to a bottom up brain approach, interpersonal, neurobiological, and focusing on the brain body of functions. Uh, currently, she focuses her practice on women of color who are struggling with cultural and transitional trauma, as well as older individuals who are struggling to find purpose after the life transitions of going into retirement. Then uh, a bunch of her work that she's been doing with the TRE, which is the term tra- tra- trauma release and exercises, is working on the pandemic stress that we're all living with right now and providing more self-regulation for therapists and other people who are seeking it. So welcome, Alexis, to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Thank you. It is wonderful to be here. And I so appreciate your invite. Yeah. Not a problem. Glad I could do it. So tell everyone how you got started in this work to begin with. How I got started in therapy. Uh, Well, I was working for Uh, my undergrad is in sociology. So I'm a sociologist at heart. And so Mm. I'm very interested in institutions and how those institutions affect us and impact Mm. us. And I was working in education for a curriculum and marketing company and definitely affecting change, working with the institution of education and uh, working in Title I schools uh, uh, with, you know, with a particular uh, curricula. And uh, at a certain point, it just wasn't doing enough for me. I mm-hmm. wanted to affect change. And so I was, you know, definitely in uh, just you know, kind of this macro um, uh, space, if you will. 
and I wanted to to do some different work. And I couldn't figure out what it is that I wanted to do. And I was, uh, you know, driving to work one day and heard an advertisement for my alma mater, and um, they were recruiting for graduate school for social work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, this is just a natural segue for me. And I started that process. And and because I was a macro and macro mm-hmm. uh, kind of perspective, I stayed in macro. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like right in the mid midway through graduate school, I decided to uh, to to approach macro from a very direct perspective. And so I decided to to go into addictions work because that was mm-hmm. just kind of my background uh, with my father and some of his work. And and from there, uh, you know, it's it's been all history. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I got into it, uh, you know, in, in general. And um, doing the work specifically that I'm doing now, uh, which is really focused in trauma, because I had not initially thought that I would work with trauma. I was actually Mm -hmm. just a little bit afraid of it because I didn't know anything about trauma. But as I did more work and as you probably know, like we can't really do this work and not work with trauma, Mm -hmm. especially with all of the, uh, you know, research that is like happening right now and everything we're finding out about the brain and the nervous system is just, um, it's just, you know, really natural for us to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to be, uh, you know, to have some of that trauma, uh, trauma informed work. So uh, how I got more naturally into this is noticing that mm-hmm. and not really being able to have uh, or not having the tools for my patients and, mm-hmm. and the folks that I was working with. So that led me to a lot of the, you know, the approaches that I work with, which is interpersonal neurobiology, of course, brain spotting, uh, interpersonal neurobiology is really an umbrella, mm-hmm. um, but brain spotting, internal family systems, uh, and, you know, what we'll be talking about today, which is TRE, and and also MELT method, which we talked a little bit about mm-hmm. uh, you and I previously. So that's kind of the long short story of how I got into this. Yeah. Gotcha. And especially we're going to be talking today about the TRE method, which is the uh, tension and trauma releasing exercise Mm -hmm. and especially dealing with pandemic stress. Cause as much as some would, and depending on where you are in the world, listening to this pandemic is still going on. Mm-hmm. It is definitely it's here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And even if, and even if you right now for here, I see in the US, US, some people don't seem to be acting like the pandemic's going on. But the impact that the lot that 2020 had on us mm-hmm. is still here. And we're probably going to be seeing a long term expect that impact of what that did for everyone's psychological health. Yeah, I agree with that. I was, uh, you know, talking with someone, I guess it probably was this weekend and, you know, just talking about the impact of the pandemic. And, uh, and I said, actually, this is two years, like, you mm-hmm. know, cause I remember, you know, you and I met in what was it December, 2019. Yep. And I remember them talking about the happenings of this virus starting in mm-hmm. October, you know, mm-hmm. October, November, of 2019. And so we've just, we've, the world has been vibrating in this virus and the temperature Mm -hmm. of that has been around for Mm -hmm. for 24 months. And yes, some of us are acting like it's not here, uh, but best believe our nervous systems know, our Mm -hmm. nervous systems know. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit more about TRE. 
Yeah, well, TRE is uh, an intervention. It's TRE itself is an acronym that stands for uh, Tension and Trauma Release Exercises. And it was created by a social worker. Woo, woo. Love mm-hmm. to support my social workers, uh, uh, Dr. David Berselli. And it's basically a set of seven exercises that stretch and fatigue the muscles so that the body can get to a natural, spontaneous movement of releasing um, stress, trauma, overwhelm that happens in the body from a day-to-day just kind of uh, stressors that we experience Mm -hmm. or uh, kind of those major events that we may have uh, that causes overwhelm or trauma to settle Mm -hmm. in our body. And so... Uh, that's kind of in a nutshell of what of what of what TRE is, uh, and, and I like to explain it in a way, um, you know, just because of the pandemic is here, you know, we're all a little bit more aware about trauma, and so more people are more informed around mm-hmm. about about uh, about the uh, you know the stress cycle, fight, flight, and freeze. Mm-hmm. You know, more people are kind of. Uh, familiar with that. And we call that the stress response, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, TRE, it helps with the recovery response of the system. And so it's so important for everyone to know, just like our body is uh, built and our nervous system is built to respond to stress, our nervous system is also built uh, to uh, recover from that stress. We Mm -hmm. often don't allow that to happen. Uh, just because of, you know, uh, pathology of, of, you know, tremoring and fear mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. of that that comes with it. So mm-hmm. uh, in, in a nutshell, that's what that's what TRE is. Yeah, it's an intervention to um, encourage and invite the natural and spontaneous tremor that we have in our body in order to discharge uh, uh, like stuck stress from the body. Mm-hmm. All right. So how is, how do you use it with your clients? Yeah, so that's a great question. Uh, I've always used, I like to start off with how do I use it for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the things that I do for um, or for and in my work, you know, I, we experience it. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of the, the practices when we talk about brain-body approaches are experiential. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... Uh, necessarily manualize it where we have to remember certain techniques. Of course, the techniques are there, but, you know, it's also this, uh, this thing that we have to experience in order to uh, understand uh, the practice, not only Mm -hmm. the theory, but the practice of it. Mm -hmm. So just for myself, uh, I have used it for part of my self-care regimen. It's just, uh, it's what I do Mm -hmm. uh, weekly, uh, sometimes daily, I use it for sleep hygiene, um, just, you know, getting ready for, for bed. I also use it in between my sessions um, because mm. it's, you know, it, you know, some of the work that we do is sometimes heavy. And that doesn't mean that we don't necessarily like it. It just means that, you know, every job has, um, you know, what I like to call the hazards of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, no different from, you know, Simone Biles having, you know, the hazard of, you know, spraining her, uh, her hamstring when she's, you know, uh, training for, for the Olympics, mm-hmm. right. We, we also can have that vicarious trauma. So 
I use that throughout the day. Now, for my patients, I I use it uh, in many different ways. I use it in conjunction or as a complement to either talk therapy, uh, brain spotting, also mm-hmm. internal family system. Sometimes I use it with CBT. I don't use CBT a ton, but it's mm-hmm. it, you know it, it is part of my background, most most therapists' background. Mm-hmm. So I use it as a complement. Sometimes I use it as a standalone. So we will use TRE as an entire session. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I am I'm getting into. I have done just a, several of them, but getting into using more intensives where I incorporate multiple interventions over a two or three day period. If someone is wanting to concentrate on a specific uh, uh, existential um, kind of presentation like the pandemic Mm -hmm. or retirement, uh, uh, you know, midlife crisis, anything that's coming up like that, or even a specific event or traumatic event that has happened. So those are a couple of ways that, that, that I use TRE. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just for myself. Mm -hmm. And then also for my patients. I know that was a mouthful, but uh, very much so, and that's very similar to what uh, Shelly and I were talking about, uh, which you'll before you'll have heard this one before. It's uh-huh. about how we use our practice therapy, such as brain spotting and such, for ourselves as well before we uh-huh. even use it with our clients. So uh-huh. we're not basically te- working with our clients without something that we have actually also gone through. Right. And I will tell you too, Perry, this, I don't feel that that's traditional, right? No. Traditional is we learn techniques and we learn a theory of it. And then we mm. just, then we go and, you know, we practice, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people mm-hmm. that's, that's just, that's what it, why it's called practice, you know, practitioners, that's the basis of it. Uh, you know, when we're getting into working with trauma and um, the interventions, you know, we, we want to be able to understand and embody the practice. And so, Mm-hmm. Um, that has helped me embody TRE by using it. Um, yeah. Very much so. Which, uh, all, and we're, we're not going to get segued too deeply on it, uh, but just that nature of the history of what and where our, the field of mental health comes from, which grew out of biological practice mm-hmm. and is centered around the sort of doctor-patient uh, relationship, which often becomes that standpoint of, I come to you, tell you what's wrong, you tell me what to do. Right, right. And many, and there are even some that it's expected culturally of that as well. Mm-hmm. But so how, true. but how many of us, especially as people of color, have to deal with that relationship is like that can't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. it can all it can also be in that aspect of how it robs us of our own agency. Oh, I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, we attuned, we attuned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. You know, people, we are our best uh, kind of experts of our body and how we experience everything. And so, mm-hmm. you know, folks come to us, uh, you know, because we have experience in understanding uh, patterns of uh, symptoms that happen mm-hmm. and we know interventions that we can try to see if those are effective. And at the same time, we're not experts over someone else's experience or how trauma is settling in their body, but we can give them our feedback. And when we work together, you know, in this collaborative approach, that's where true healing can, can happen. Not to say that it didn't happen like before this started to Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of transition in therapy, it just happens, I, I, you know, more effectively and efficiently, for, and, you know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. And equally in that is that we also don't, we're not taking responsibility for your choices. Right. Right. We're not taking that away. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And how how important is agency and you know, self determination in in healing and wellness? It's mm-hmm. huge. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, with that agency, when you have somebody who's come to work with you, what are some of the issues that you have been addressing with your clients, and what's been some of the effects you can talk about without breaking confidentiality? Oh, sure. Um, I I would say more, you know, specifically right now, it has been uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. When, when folks show up to the office, they don't say that the pandemic, I'm overwhelmed by the pandemic. It's usually other sets of, uh, you know, issues where, you know, things are very overwhelming for me. I don't have the capacity or bandwidth to, um, you know, to be present in other people's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I used to, I don't have the capacity or bandwidth to be present in my life. I check mm-hmm. out a lot. I don't have motivation to, uh, you know, to get things done. Uh, you know, not motivated at work, distant mm-hmm. and isolated from from family members and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't, people are not necessarily saying the pandemic, but as you and I know, like mm-hmm. those are things that usually come from being in a freeze, uh, kind of a freeze response, you know, with the stress cycle. You know, people have been in fight or flight like that happened a long time ago. That happened like the early part of 2020. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then our system just got overwhelmed. And um, and s- some of us, you know, continue to kind of be in that freeze response. So 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 those are some of the things that I'm seeing, you know, regarding the pandemic, uh, regarding the populations that I work with. Um, you know, I work with women of color, uh, a fair amount of black women who are you know, working in uh, professional capacities, Mm -hmm. education. And so I, you know, work with a lot of uh, kind of the uh, work stressors and racial traumas that that tend to happen on a daily basis with microaggressions and uh, macroaggressions Mm -hmm. and uh, and how that has uh, affected them. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how Black Lives Matter has affected people of color, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we, you know, I like to to say in my practice that you know, you know, Black Lives Matter didn't only affect you know people of color. It well, white folks, you know, white folks of mm-hmm. course had to get woke, but Black folks had to deal with white folks being woke, right? Mm-hmm. It was it's 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 um you know we've never had to you know deal with uh, mm-hmm. you know with our, our, our you know our people in general on that level. And so, uh, and so the, that's some of the capacity that I work with when, when people are coming to the, to, um, you know, to, to my office, they don't necessarily mm-hmm. say it per se, but, you know, with our experience and the training that we have, we understand that certain symptoms that folks are coming with, what that, what that tends to be. And mm-hmm. so I work with, you know, some, you know, work-related racial traumas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So what does that kind of look like where somebody's having a typical TRE experience with you yeah, or for so, yourself? Uh, so, it, uh, so I can explain both. So if, mm-hmm. um, if someone, I would explain it this way and it'll kind of give it a little bit more context. So if someone is coming in and uh, you know, they may be having, uh, they, they love what they do. They've gone to, um, to school. They've, you know, put in the training and the investment of, you know, a career that they enjoy and they get to a job and boom, 
you know, they are, they're having to address, uh, you know, you know, our you know, dominant culture, white culture, uh, minimizing their work, stealing their work, uh, ignoring them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, minimizing on so many, you know, different levels. Um, you know, I could go on and on about that. Right. right? And so, uh, how that tends to happen is, you know, when we face that, uh, you know, at the people of color, when we face that in the workplace, we we do go into a fight or flight, right? Because mm-hmm. it has to do with our how we take care of ourselves, uh, you know, how we present. We need to keep those jobs in in order to survive, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And so, um, our body goes into this fight or flight, right? As a result, anytime we're going into fight or flight, our body is going into um, tension and mm-hmm. when our body goes in um, into tension that sets us up for stuck stress being in our uh, connective tissue or our fascia, right? Mm-hmm. And if we don't find a way to get that out, then that becomes uh, presented as uh, neck tension, shoulder tension, uh, tension in our uh, shoulder girdle, pelvic girdle, uh, different areas that way. And so, you know, when folks come in, they're not only talking about their tension, because that's one of the things that I talk about and when we do brain body approaches, but they're also talking about difficulty sleeping, loss of mm-hmm. appetite, uh, you know, loss of motivation, isolation. Mm-hmm. And so um, when they come in, we will talk about different interventions that we will do. And depending on how severe or uh, how present it is for them, I may do an entire session. I may do a combination of brain spotting and TRE. We may do a little bit of parts work and, you know, get on the floor, allow them to tremor and maybe identify the part that is coming up. It can look a a variety of ways. Now, depending on what that session looks like, my body may tremor and, you know, sometime during that during that session. Well, when you get to the point where you're using TRE and you tremor on a regular basis, your body will just start to tremor, mm-hmm. not uncontrollably. So I don't want people to be scared, but your body will just like you'll get like a little sometimes what I'll do, my body will be like, ooh, it'll shiver just a little bit or move or my shoulders remove mm-hmm. or I'll feel this little energy on my right side. And the only thing that does is lets me know you are really attuned with this person and it's not really a terrible thing. I what I what I do is I go into the sense of appreciation of thank you for letting me know that my body doesn't really want to keep this this mm-hmm. um, this stress in a certain way. It doesn't really want to store it in my connective tissue. It really wants to discharge it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's what it looks like. Someone will come in with their pre- presentation. I will use my skills and, you know, uh, the best way that I um, see fit and, you know, in collaboration with them, talking with them, you know, getting their sense of like what, how mm-hmm. it resonates with them. And if I'm impacted by it in any way, which is a natural thing, I expect to be impacted by it. We can't do the work that we do without being impa- impacted by it. The, the biggest thing is that we need to be able to have tools um, and across all health professionals and really all professionals, because teachers are not health professionals and they're mm-hmm. really experiencing this pandemic mm-hmm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen. We just need to make sure we have a cash or a toolbox of uh, kind of interventions to be able to use them. So hopefully mm-hmm. that gave a um, kind of a umbrella view of, you know, how uh, what it looks like from uh, maybe a patient's perspective and also how it may impact, a, uh, you know, a therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as you're describing it, and especially the shake, it makes me think about the um, 
work, I think it's by Siegel, about mm-hmm. why don't zebras have ulcers. Mm, right, right. I think I think he's the one who's into, who created the that work from that standpoint of after mm-hmm. the zebra ha, zebra has been chased down and escaped the lion or the hyena or leopard and such or ch- mm-hmm. cheetah, um, that massive shaking they go through before right. they return to the herd. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this is in its own way, and I'm not saying that's what it is, but it's a similarity in a response. It is. It's a response of our, our kind of our mammalian part of our brain that uh, that works to, uh, you know, recover or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a recovery response, if you will, to the stress response. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to bring that a little bit closer to home. If we have pets in our home, we've noticed that our pets shake all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, they just shake. You know, we'll hear their collar just shaking somewhere. They're shaking mm-hmm. to just discharge, you know, the things that, that happen in their mammals. And so this mm-hmm. is a mammalian, just a, a, a typical mammalian response. If our body mm-hmm. has created a way to respond to stress, you best believe it's also created a way to recover from it. Mm-hmm. We just need to give it, or as da- Dr. David Berselli of TRE the, the founder of TRE says, you know, we need to give it a chance. We need to give our bodies a chance to be able to do that. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, but it, it is very similar to that. Uh, you know, why zebras, why zebras don't have ulcers. Right. Well, I think that also gets into a, even a deeper and larger conversation, which we don't have to have here, but something that I remind clients you know, when I'm working with them, especially around the subject of fight, flight, and freeze and anxiety is that, no matter what, no matter everything that we have built in this world, mm-hmm. we are still basically animals. Yes, we are. <laughs> we've just, yeah, we've got a we're, whole we're different... at the top of the food chain, but we are. Well, well yeah. whether we're at the top of the food chain or <laughs> where we fit in the web of the world, we mm-hmm. do, just because we have this ability to use tools and build this world around us, does not mean we are not also connected to the animal kingdom. Absolutely. We are part of that kingdom, not at the top of it. So if those yes, cis- I like that frame. Thank you for for reframing that. Yes, we yeah, are part, we're part of, of that kingdom. Yeah. yeah. The difference is we don't we, we're not holding up Simba here and for right. a Lion King and all of that. But that <laughs> system, you. that system is still within us. Yeah. And it is. And that I think also ties into talking about the idea of and just friend, which we'll, we'll go to break after this is mm-hmm. when we talk about the idea of the brain body or the bottom up, what is that? Cause I'm sure there's some people listening who are asking, what is this meaning? Yeah. It's a uh, very kind of direct, simple um, without going into a lot of, uh, you know, brain talk. Uh, we tend to use, uh, you know, a, a top, from a top down approach, what that mm-hmm. means is we tend to uh, think and respond uh, often from our prefrontal cortex, which mm-hmm. is the, the top, the front part of our brain. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're, you know, digging into more of the research, mm-hmm. we're finding that the back of our brain, our brainstem, our cerebellum that's connected to, you know, our body movements is, uh, stronger and I guess maybe more responsive than our prefrontal cortex. And so Mm -hmm. this is the, this is a bottom up approach. And this is the case because uh, not only does our prefrontal cortex have, have, has memory, Mm -hmm. but also 
uh, our body has memory when things happen. Mm -hmm. And so that our brainstem, you know, is of course connected to, it's part of our nervous system connected to our spinal, uh, our spinal uh, cord and column and, you know, all of Mm -hmm. that in the back. And, um, and that is connected to our body and connective tissue. And so Mm -hmm. that on a whole is, 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 uh, is how, when we talk about a bottom up approach, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how much more smarter and responsive the bottom part of our brain is because it's connected to those reflexes, those bodies, that body memory, than it is our prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's the sensing part of our brain. And we, mm-hmm. we take in, uh, we take in more through our body than we process out through our brain. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And so, and so that means that a lot of, the work that needs to be done is really from a body perspective versus a thinking perspective, which traditional talk therapy is about. Let's think this through, let's process mm-hmm. this, let's mm-hmm. you know, use as much executive functioning as we can. And, you know, in the last 10 years or so, you know, we've learned that a lot of it is really coming through the body. So. Mm-hmm. And going back to what I was saying earlier about the, again, where did our idea of both physical health and mental health go, it came from an idea of rationalizing everything. That idea of what some call king brain. Mm -hmm. And the fact of the matter is brain was one of the last things that got developed as as we are today. Our bodies got developed far faster than than the brain did. So the fact of working with that sensory system, which frankly, and I know I've used this when I'm talking to clients about brain spotting, the sensory inputs pass through the brainstem, mm-hmm. the midbrain, as well as the frontal lobe. Yeah. The frontal lobe is, the, is essentially the last stop. Yep, it is. So there's at least two other areas that have gotten more information and gotten these signals before they've even gotten to this point where our brains analyze and make sense of that, or at least the sense of the data we make nowadays versus, Absolutely. again, that base of us that is still animal. Right. And, and to put this like in even different, which we definitely it's outside outside of the scope of what we're talking about today, Mm -hmm. very much connected to, uh, but the thinking part of our brain, uh, you know, that, that left part of our brain is very much connected to, uh, capitalism Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, white culture, white supremacy, all of that, Mm -hmm. like how that has, um, you know, how that has developed in, 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 specifically the United States, but also Mm -hmm. all over. And Mm -hmm. and so we value the thinking, right? And so because we value that, because we value that part of our, you know, Mm -hmm. the brain, the left part of the brain, uh, you know, we tend to leave out how smart our bodies are. You Mm -hmm. know, like we sweat, we sweat when we get nervous, right? We shake Mm -hmm. when we're we're afraid. We don't want people to see it, but we shake Mm -hmm. when we're afraid. Um, you know, we get thirsty, you know, we, we have all of these things that happen with our body that we tend to try to reason or rationalize out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a good place for us to break for the moment. So we'll be back shortly with Alexis Overstreet on Untangle. Not you, Alexa. Stop it, Alexa. Don't want her talking. Do not want her talk. Do not want that talking right now. She will be all up in your business. Okay. Yep. So uh, she's going to go and take a break here, and we'll be back with Alexis Overstreet shortly on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. 
Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from. Visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Welcome back, everyone. And we are here talking with Alexis Overstreet, Master Clinical Social Worker, on talk about TRE, which is trauma release exercises. And we just had a very fascinating discussion about talking about the what it means for a brain body or bottom-up approach. And one of those other elements that comes with that is the aspect of co-regulation. Okay. And co-regulation is something that in many ways, and I'll let Alexis go deeper into it, we're constantly doing all the time. And it's even something, especially with everything we've done with, with the pandemic and when people have been stuck at home with either family members that they're used to being gone most of the day from, or sadly, ones that are also responsible for causing trauma for them, there's a struggle to co-regulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's very true. Oftentimes, I think we talk about self-regulation. I know in some mm-hmm. of the tools we use, you know, how can you get to that place of self-regulation? The beautiful thing about TRE, you know, in addition to it being a self-care tool is when we use it in, uh, you know, in a therapeutic uh, sense or in therapy mm-hmm. or in conjunction with therapy, we are number one, giving a tool to uh, patients in order to be able to use, mm-hmm. but we're mm-hmm. allowing them to be able to discharge that in a place where they can co-regulate. And when we say co-regulate, uh, we're basically saying that your nervous system, because our nervous systems are always connecting to each other. Mm-hmm. I like to think of it as uh, that, uh, that the movie, oh, what was the name of that movie? Uh, Avatar, where mm-hmm. they connected. You, me- you remember how the tails like connected? Yeah, That's- we're talking about the James Cameron one, not the animated one. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, you have to get me straight on that because I know that is like your whole thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yes, it's uh, that uh, I like to, you know, to have that visual, I like to say that often, but uh, we are always connecting. And so mm-hmm. when we say co-regulation, it means that your my nervous system is coming to a place of regulation, uh, you know, into, you know, out of, you know, uh, you know, fight or flight into mm-hmm. uh, a place and where I'm doing that with someone who can support it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, with someone who's not also in fight or flight with someone who is what we call in, you know, maybe ventral vagal, someone who mm-hmm. is more grounded. And so when we say co-regulation, that is that's really key. We're always looking to co-regulate. Sometimes we are co-regulating with someone mm-hmm. who is not necessarily grounded 
or, um, you know, in ventral vagal, uh, uh, you, you know, so that's what co-regulation means that we're able to support mm-hmm. that regulation with, with someone who is more grounded. And when you say ventral vague, we're talking about the nervous system here. We are, and, yes. And for, for those wondering, um, and it is, and ventral is usually meaning the back, if I remember correctly, if the, the, uh, the uh, descriptor directors. So that would connect also in with that nervous system that's going into the brain, and into the midbrain and the amygdala and into ultimately the frontal lobe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm wondering in the time we have here, is there any way you can give us like a small snippet of TRE just so that we can just sort of have a taste of it? Absolutely. So um, what I've, I typically like to do is, depending on if I am uh, using it with brain spotting or, uh, or another intervention, I like to mm-hmm. just kind of uh, talk about maybe what is coming up for an individual. Mm-hmm. If I'm using it in conjunction with therapy, if I'm using it because maybe someone is presenting or either maybe I'm having just uh, feeling out of sorts or feeling, uh, you know, uh, uh, like stressed, overwhelmed, uh, you know, just uh, pulled, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, very tightly, uh, you know, I may just get on the floor. Right. So Mm -hmm. there are two ways you can you can definitely come from an issue if you're coming from a therapeutic approach. Uh, but typical, uh, typical TRE, which, you know, uh, you know, Dr. David Baselli has done this in, in multiple groups. You, you really don't need uh, context uh, to be able to do TRE because the body knows what it needs to do. We just mm-hmm. need to give space in order to do it. So I'll take it from a traditional approach. Mm-hmm. So uh, what we do is we do a series of exercises. It's about seven of them. And these exercises are meant to um, as I said before, stress um, uh, or fatigue, if you will, or stretch uh, the body starting at the nerve endings on the, on the, um, you know, the soles of the feet and going all the way up to the psoas. And the psoas mm-hmm. is a really important muscle because it's kind of that, uh, that muscle that's responsible for the fight or flight. It's mm-hmm. um, is connected, kind of goes, you know, in, into that, that hip bone is connected to the top part of the femur. And so it really is responsible for that lunging, uh, you know, if you need to fight or that running, if you need to get away. And so uh, that's really, it kind of focuses, the stretches uh, mm-hmm. and exercises focuses on, you know, the, the muscles, uh, you know, moving up toward that area. Mm-hmm. And these so are up we'll in the do- hip and hip and waist area. So that yes. people are wondering what, where this is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that would be the mechanism that if we were, like you said, leaning mm-hmm. um, and if we're leaning into something or if we're running uh, how, how much air, how aerodynamic we are. Right. Right. How we can get away. And this is the area that we tend to, um, to hold, you know, a lot of attention in our, in our uh, pelvic girdle. Mm-hmm. And so um, we will do those exercises. The last part of the exercise ends on uh, ends on the floor mm-hmm. um, on our back with, uh, you know, our front part of our body facing the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And we'll do certain exercises to get to a point where our body is doing some natural, spontaneous uh, tremoring. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, it just really depends on how uh, how your body responds. I've seen uh, people go into uh, very vigorous shaking. I've seen some like humming that mm-hmm. that happens, small vibrations. It really just depends on what's happening. And I like to say that this is how this is your body communicating to you. So we want to really be in a place where you're listening to it. 
So mm-hmm. it is mindfulness 101. Like mm-hmm. if you've never had mindfulness before or never been able to be mindful. I've had and I've had that in my office. You have no choice because your body is moving and you're like, hmm, this is interesting. Like I this is I'm really I promise you I'm not trying to do this. Like people are <laughs> convincing me I'm really not doing this on purpose. Right. The body just knows what to do. We just have to give it a chance. And so we go through that process and you know, towards the end, we like to integrate it. And so we turn on our side and integration is really basically means that we want our, the front part of our brain to catch up to what just happened, because remember our body is much smarter. And so um, the beautiful thing about TRE is that we're allowing our body to discharge. And at the same time, the front part of our brain is witnessing it. Mm -hmm. And so we have this integration that happens. And so we turn on our side and then, you know, we sit up and then we process. That's what a typical session would look like. Um, either in a group or individual session, because you can do it in a group. So, yeah. Mm, and that's beautiful to know, because there are some people who, in that aspect of the co-regulation, might feel more comfortable doing this in a group, just mm-hmm. as equally there are some people who will feel more comfortable doing this individually. Right. Correct. So, no one way it has to be done that way. You're just looking to make sure you're advocating for which is the best for you. Absolutely. And I encourage, you know, haven't gotten to that point, but I would love, you know, you know, letting my my folks mm-hmm. and, you know, people know that you can even do this in families. You can do this as couples. Right. Mm-hmm. And co-regulate your systems and allow your systems to mm-hmm. discharge um, together. It's a beautiful way to just, uh, you know, allow greater communication with your body and then also greater communication and co-regulation with, you know, the people in your life. Mm-hmm. All righty. So now we move into our last section, which is myths and realities. So talking about the ideas about the myths and realities we have around mental health. And I know one of the popular topics and responses has been talking about access to therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, So what are your thoughts? What are some of the myths and the realities that go along with them when it comes to mental health for people of color? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think just historically, Historically, like the pandemic, just, you know, I keep talking about the pandemic, but it really has changed every, just about every category of our life um, in so many different ways. Uh, But when we talk about access to therapy in general uh, for people of color, I think uh, the myth and also reality, I think it may be, you know, 50, Mm -hmm. 50, 50 is that we don't have access to that. Right. Either mm-hmm. if, if it's um, because of our viewpoint or perspective or mm-hmm. um, or culture uh, interpretation of what therapy is, uh, financial means that we don't have um, access to it. And so it is a myth. Right. Because mm-hmm. we 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 do have access. We have had access. We have had, you know, um, you know, people of color, cultures of color access therapy. And, and, and on the same note, it's, um, you know, it is also a reality when you think about, you know, the, uh, some of the perspectives that we have held, uh, you know, about what therapy is and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it, if it's accessible to us, you know, mm-hmm. and how it is inaccessible because of uh, placeholders even in, you know, in our lives and our cultures, you know, such as church mm-hmm. and, um, and how we've used that to heal in, you know, mm-hmm. in the past. And, uh, you know, that may have been enough at a, at, at a certain point, you know, you know, it, 
and that may have, you know, been a reality that, you know, maybe that has cut off, uh, you know, access to therapy. Now it's, it's just a little bit different just because of generational um, awareness that's happening and, um, and knowledge in, in, you know, what healing and wellness is. So I would say it's probably about a 50-50. I think it holds when we talk about access to therapy, you know, I don't want to give off even well, from my perspective that, you know, uh, you know, therapy hasn't been available. That That is a myth. And it's also, it's just a reality because we are, we have been more connected to uh, other avenues of healing and wellness in our lives. And mm-hmm. that just hasn't been a part of how um, I can speak for myself, black folks heal. Right. Mm-hmm. Even when we mm-hmm. think about, you know, church and historical church, I you grew up in you know Southern Baptist, you know, we had this song that, that was called shake the devil off. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, shake, 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 boom, boom, shake the devil off. And, you know, we had the tambourine mm-hmm. going and all of that. And I, you know, me personally, I relate that to TRE. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't TRE per se. It was a different way that we went about, uh, you know, allowing that body to discharge some of mm-hmm. those stressors that we mm-hmm. went through as black folk and just, you know, living our day to day, trying to work and um, and live in, you know, a world and a society that uh, really didn't support us thriving. Mm-hmm. And as you talk about that, it's that standpoint of whether it's shake the devil off or TRE, it's talking about the brain body based mm-hmm. therapy versus this pre- image. And we say traditional of talk mm-hmm. therapy, right, which right. sadly many of us are basically trained in and we've had to go beyond. Yes. It's full circle, right? We're coming mm-hmm. back to it. We're, um, you know, we're, we're coming back to it. I don't know any other way to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so how do you, and so in some ways you probably already answered it, but how do you feel TRA is friendly towards people of color? Uh, I, I think that it's, uh, I would say that it's, it's double-edged, right? Because mm-hmm. TRE, shaking in general, tremoring, shaking, moving spontaneously has just been, um, you know, pathologized and uh, mm-hmm. you know just in general in in our in our culture it's not okay to shake it's not okay to uh, perceive or you know look like you are weak or out of control or fearful mm-hmm. even though we may be exploding on the inside we're gonna be cool calm and collective on the outside because that's how we've had to survive as people of color mm-hmm. in white culture mm-hmm. and so um, I will say it's it's a little bit double edged. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a weird therapist. You know, I tell my patients all the time, this is weird. I know it's weird. We're navigating in weird because weirdness gets you to healing and wellness. And so mm-hmm. it can feel a little uh, like like you're out of control because of the pathology, the pathology related to shaking, tremoring. Usually when people have, you know, PTSD or anxiety, you know, that's not a good feeling. And because of that, and because the body is already discharging, they do feel this sense of like wanting to shake. And what typically happens is people pull that in and try mm-hmm. to hold it down, right? Mm-hmm. They try to control it. And it becomes uh, kind of this negative thing that you don't want people to see. And so I, uh, you know, I will say for like people of color that it can feel that you're losing control. 
um, at the same time, the beautiful thing is that you're learning how to communicate and connect with your body in a way that uh, it's designed to do. So uh, hopefully that answered, answered, answered your question. <laughs> well, ultimately, it still connects with that aspect of what are we connecting with? Whether okay. it is the divine, whether it is our mind, or ultimately, it's connecting with our body and trusting the wisdom that each one has that all of them can have when working together. Absolutely. I think our bodies are, you know, the divine, you know, mm. even if you want to take it from the sense of, you know, if, if your faith centers around, you know, uh, around the Bible, you know, that, you know, which I know everyone doesn't, but if, you know, if I take my perspective from the mm-hmm. history that I grew up in, you know, the Bible says what, you know, we were made in God's image. Like mm-hmm. if you want to take that, like literally, if that means that our bodies are made in God's image, like that means how powerful must we be? Mm-hmm. Right. Regardless of, you know, what, uh, you know, spiritual framework you come from, I believe our bodies are the, are the divine. And the more we find out about that, it's almost like our bodies are, uh, space or the universe, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're finding little out, you know, little by little, especially when we think about connective tissue and the role that connective tissue and, and uh, you know, the science behind the fascia that, uh, you know, that, that, that's our, that's our body. So mm-hmm. yeah, I could probably talk a lot about that. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe that needs to be a number two episode. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. But I want to thank you very much for coming and talking on our on this program. And where can people find you if you want to get learn more about this? Well, they can. Um, right now, I have a website uh, which is geared towards my therapy practice and um, working with uh, to develop another website for the mm-hmm. wellness piece of 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 this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone is interested in doing any intensives or uh, you know corporate work, educational work around releasing uh, you know releasing you know the trauma from the pandemic, you can go to my website, which is www dot metaspace counseling dot com and metaspace is spelled m e t a s p a c e counseling dot com. Alrighty. Yeah. So Alexis, thank you again. Yeah, it's and been a just, pleasure. And looking forward to more more of this. And so this is uh, I'm Perry Clark. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this has been Untying Knots: Minds and Souls Untethered on the Voice of America Network. So stay tuned and ultimately have happy holidays, guys. Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.